Yes, Lord, we choose to glorify you. We choose to praise you. We celebrate you, Jesus, during this season. But for some of us here today, this is a tough season. And even in the lowest valleys, we choose to praise you, God. Because as we say, we know that you're the Lord of all. You're the King of kings. There's nothing that's outside of your realm of control. Lord, you are aware of it all. You know it all, God. You are our comforter. You're our refuge in times of trouble. So help us to believe that, God. May your words speak to our hearts today. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Today is Boxer Day. Boxer Day in England began as a day that the wealthy would box up gifts and take it to the poor the day after Christmas, Boxer Day. It was a day to serve. It was a day of you know, taking notice of the poor people that are around you and meeting their needs. And so today we are at church on Boxer Day. So I thought what a good idea to talk about serving and the Lord put it on my heart anyway. So uh, we're going to talk about serving Jesus every single day. Wake up with that attitude. How do I serve you today, Lord Jesus? How do I serve you today, King Jesus? What do I do? What direction do I go? What spirit do I take with me? What attitude do I need to uh, correct so that I can serve you, Jesus, today? So Mark chapter 10, verse 35 is where we're going to start in this passage, this story, this event, the life of Jesus and the disciples. This is quite an important event in the life of the disciples. This uh, was a, a teaching opportunity. It was a time to correct um, a misconceived attitude that James and John and perhaps his mom, their mom, came up with. James and John, the sons of thunder, uh, had a, a pretty outspoken and perhaps the very first helicopter mom on record, maybe. Verse 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you began wrong. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, it's a trap, boys. Back away. It's a trap. Don't go any further. Just walk away and say, King Jesus, we are sorry. But they didn't. And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your glory. They asked for a seat. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. That should have been enough for them boys to go, yes, we are in over our heads. Let's, let's for sure back away. Now, Lord Jesus, please forgive us. We, we are wrong, but they didn't. He says, are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Now, that means are you able to go through what I'm about to go through? Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Can you handle what I'm about to handle? or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. And so Jesus right away said, you guys are asking for something that you don't know what you're asking for. You want to sit with me, one of my right and one of my left in glory, on, it, on the throne platform of God. 
besides God the Father, who Jesus is going to sit at the right hand, you want to be my right and left? You don't even know what you're asking for. In order to get there, you've got to experience what I'm about to experience. You've got to be baptized in the same way that I'm about to be baptized. And they said to him, we are able. <laughs> so here they are. They're asking a poor question that begins from a poor attitude. They don't catch themselves when Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? They should have backed on out. So they're foolishly walked forward. And when he says, are you really able to go through what it requires to sit at that place? And they poorly choose. They choose poorly. I guess is a better way to say that. And they say, the answer, we're able. All right, then. Here we go. The cup that I drink with, you will drink. That happened. They both experienced martyrdom. Both of these guys did. All the disciples experienced the worst kinds of deaths imaginable. Peter was, was crucified upside down. They were, they were stoned. They were knifed. All these guys experienced martyrdom. He says, the cup that I drink with, you will drink. The baptism which, which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. So Jesus says, it's not even mine to give. It's the Father's to give. And, and you just guys are, you're, you're just, you're, you're out of line here. You're asking for something that you should not be asking for. That's what Jesus is telling them. Verse 41, and when the 10 heard it, they, became, they began to be indignant. They're mad. They're angry at James and John. And so Jesus, seeing this, called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. He says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in our topics of why did Jesus came, we see another reason why Jesus came. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. First of all, the lesson that we need to learn from this, we need to learn that we are not that way. And we need to learn that Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Those are the two takeaways. But there are some things that I think help us take away those two things. We are not that way. We are not like the world. We are to be different. We believers of Jesus, we are not to be like the world. The world, as he says, the Gentile leadership lords over people. We are not to lord over people. We need to understand that. In, in our relationships, in our leadership, in, in our decision-making with people, in our counseling with people, in our admonishing people, in our discipleship relations with people, we don't lord over them. We need to be really careful about that because if we're not careful, we will take that seat and, and we, will, we will desire more authority 
and, and more influence over people than the Lord desires us to have. So we understand that. We aren't like the world. We aren't like the world in leadership. We aren't like the, the world in ambition. We aren't like the world in, in uh, goal setting. We are different. We are not like the world in uh, resource uh, gathering. We're different. We live for eternity. We don't live for ourselves, and we don't live for now. That's important to keep in mind. Now, some people believe that this is a passage of Scripture that shows that the Scriptures are contradictory, and it says that, that something is wrong here, that they're getting the stories wrong, because Matthew says that James and John's mother went up to Jesus and asked this question. That's what Matthew says. It was, his, it was James and John's mother that came and said, grant me a request. Do this for my sons. Do this for my boys. Let them sit at your right and left. And then, of course, Mark here records that it was James and John. Now, Matthew was with Jesus. Mark was not. Mark got his information most likely later on from Luke. Okay? Now... So when I hear people say that contradicts the scriptures, that means that it's not true, it's not right. I, no, 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 wait a minute. Just take a look at this. You're missing the point. You're missing the goal here. Now, did, were there two events that took place? Was there an event that Matthew recorded that the, the mom asked for the seat? Or was it an, and then another event that Mark recorded that... Uh, that the sons asked for the seat. Uh, that's a possibility. Might have been two events. I personally don't believe it was two events. I believe it was one event. I believe, I can see it just as clear as day, I, I can see this happening, that uh, either the boys went first or the lady went first. And Matthew just happened recorded the mom for whatever reason, and Mark recorded the boys for whatever reason. But I can see this taking place. Perhaps the boys go and ask Jesus, and, and Jesus responds to them in what we just read, and, and she's not going to take no for an answer, so she goes and makes the request. Now, I can see that happening. How dare him, you know, not grant my boys the top two seats in the throne room? You know, perhaps something like that happened. But when, but one of the crazy things about people looking for contradictions in the Scripture, they miss the point. They miss the point. I mean, and they just throw away the story. They throw away the teaching, and they disregard what's saying here because, man, it doesn't get any better. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so I believe that these actually happen. I believe that at some point their mom asked for this seat, and I believe that at some point, whether then or later, that James and John asked for this seat. Now, that tells me something. That tells me that in this story, they've been talking about this for a while. This, I mean, they just didn't all of a sudden make a decision to go do this, right? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, they said, well, you know, this is quite a deal going on. We see the, the kingdom building. We see more people surrounding Jesus. We see the crowd getting bigger, and we see all the possibilities there. Oh, boys, you deserve. You're better than Peter. You're better than Bartholomew. You're, you're better than Nathaniel. You're better than Andrew. You're better. My gosh, Simon, he was born in a barn. You know they were saying that about Simon Peter. And But, but you guys... Y'all are the cream of the crop. She's saying, you're my boys. You're important. You're, you've got skills and talents. And if anyone needs to be, you know, exalted, uh, it's, it's you guys. And, and go ask him. Go ask him. Oh, Mom, we're not going to ask him that. You don't, this, we're not going to ask you that. No, you go ask him. And so good lesson there probably, speculative, of course. A good lesson is who you're trying to please I can see James and John getting themselves in this mess because they want to please their mom, you know? And, and I think uh, uh, their mom wants them to be pleased with her. So you see that real collision taking place here. But regardless, isn't that the spirit of man? Isn't that the spirit of man? Isn't that the heart of man that we are concerned with where we sit. We're concerned with our position in life. We're, we're concerned with people seeing that we're really something. It's a heart of man issue. When you start having questions, wonderings like this, realize, be aware, when you're having these kinds of thoughts, that you're concerned with your place in the kingdom, you're concerned with your place among people, you're concerned with your place in the church, is, is ask yourself the question, Am I, I'm headed down the wrong road. And when we have selfish ambition, we are heading down the wrong road. We've got to take a look at that. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. And realize that those sitting close to Jesus, whoever they are, whoever the Father grants that privilege to sit next to Jesus, whoever those elders are that, you know, present the crowns to the Lamb, whoever they are, they have paid a price for that seat. And that is God's business. It's a real good thing for us to learn what is God's business and what is our business and not cross those lines. You'll be happier. You'll, be, you'll have more peace. There will be more joy in your life if, if you will learn that lesson in the kingdom, his business and our business. And it is freeing to be able to say, I don't know about that. That's God's business. I don't know how that works. That's God's deal. I'm that way with salvation, whether you've been chosen or you choose. Ultimately, that's God's business. I'm just thankful that I chose and he chose me. And, and I have some opinions about that, but those opinions aren't really worth much because it's God's business. So I'm free in just enjoying my salvation. But the world is concerned with where they sit. The world is always concerned with where they sit. Who gets the recognition? Who gets the appreciation? Who gets rewarded? Who gets recognized? And the opposite of love is seeking to be noticed. Seeking to be noticed. 
and you know that you're going the wrong way in the love idea. We talked about Christmas Eve, go in love, go in love, spread the love, pass on the love. When we are seeking to be noticed, I, 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 I thought this morning we'd turn all the lights out and do the candlelight again, but that, that's redundant, but, you know, we did it. And, uh, but, you know, I, I've got the candle. I want everybody to see that I'm lighting everybody's candle. You know, that's to be noticed. You know, that's why I said a couple of times, do it organically. Just do it, or, that was, this was on my mind. And we need to love, we'll see that in Matthew 6. We need to love quietly without need for recognition. Because Jesus is very clear about that. Don't pray like the Gentiles do for a show. Don't meet needs out there for a show. Do it for the glory of the Lord. So the world is concerned with where they sit. We aren't to be that way. And so that's what the Scripture says. The next thing we can learn from this passage of Scripture is found in verse 41. So 35 through 40, we aren't to be concerned where we sit. We've talked about that. Verse 41, we see that being concerned with where we sit is unhealthy for relationships, it's unhealthy for families, it's unhealthy for teams, it's unhealthy for the body of Christ. What happened? When the other ten heard what was going on, they just got angry with James and John. Aren't you one of us? What do you mean you're wanting to have the top seats? You think you're better than we are? You're arrogant. You're full of pride. That's what's taking place. You just want to be noticed. You know, we're fed up with you. You know that began to take place, and there began to be this division take place among them. And so Jesus corrects it. And he corrects it by saying, wait a minute, guys, we are not to be like this. This is not how we are. And he teaches them this way. You know, that, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. So that word is for us today. That's not the way it's supposed to be for us. You see, if you want to be great, you must be a servant. If you want to be great, you are to have no desire for those seats. And you're going to let God do it. Matter of fact, who are those elders going to be? Who's going to be in those seats? I, that's a fun exercise to have. You have that in small groups sometime. You'll hear names like D.L. Moody, I would say C.T. Studd, that's who's there. That's bad, bad mama jamma there. C.T. Studd, read about him. Read about C.T. Studd. What a believer. One of the Cambridge Seven. Read about that. Lottie Moon, many people in our tribe would say Lottie Moon. Boy, what a, what a servant Lottie Moon was. Maybe so. Who knows? Who are going to be those closest? Most likely people you never heard of. That's who's going to be in those seats. It's probably guys who didn't have a TV ministry. They probably didn't have a great big church. There probably wasn't stories about them not paying their taxes in the newspaper. People you never heard of, people that probably struggled in this world but live victoriously for Christ. That's, that's who I think is going to be these seats. 
But we are not to be the cravers of the seats. We are not to live that way. That's not to be why we do things. We don't love to be noticed. We don't serve to get ahead. We don't identify with the things of Jesus so other people will go, man, how wonderful that guy is. That's not how we're to be because he said, whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all, must be a slave to all. That's our calling. That's who we are. We are servants. We are servants. We, we lead by serving. We teach by serving. We pastor by serving. We shepherd by serving. We counsel by serving. We guide through a servant mindset. Jesus is always exalted, and we are the slave to all. That's what he wants of us, and that is required. And then, verse 45, and he says, this is, I think, just really profound in, in the mix of dealing with James and John and the mama. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the Creator, the, the one of all power, the one that rose from the grave, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Now, for a king to have that mindset is unusual in this world, isn't it? A, a dictator, a, a, a president, a prime minister, a leader, a, a chairman of the board, what are they about? Being served, right? And they lead through being served. One of the interesting things happening in the corporate world for the last several years is people are teaching the, the, the leaders, leaders of big businesses and corporations servant leadership. I think that's hilarious. I've, I have a, a friend I went to high school with, and he's been, that's his job. He travels a country teaching servant leadership, and, and, and people receive it, I, I suppose, like it's a brand new thing, but he's a believer, and he gives them the idea of Jesus. But most people hear servant leadership, what a new idea. What a new idea to embrace. It's been around forever. Jesus is the master of it. Servant leadership. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, ransom, we all understand what that word means. In bondage, kidnapped, you know, held back, held in prison. And Jesus paid the ransom. Jesus paid what was required to set him free. And he set them, he, he paid the ransom for many. He doesn't say he paid the ransom for all, but he paid the ransom for many. For those who would believe, he paid the ransom for servanthood. First among us is a slave to all. Don't lord over people. That's not what we do. It is not our place to seek to control others. We guide, we teach, we admonish, we lead, we protect, we care, we love, we support, but we don't lord over people. We love them to hear his word, and we let the Spirit work in their life. That's who we are. We are not like the world. We are different. We are servants. I thought I'd give you a few things to think about today about how to serve on Sunday mornings. I knew there'd be a smaller group here today. I knew that most people that would be here are uh, regulars, right? And so I want to take this opportunity. New Year's coming up. New opportunity is coming up. 
there are some things taking place, I think, that are, are clear and obvious. Um, we've been through a couple of difficult years, haven't we? Right? The COVID thing has been difficult on churches. Uh, I think that churches have, the last couple of years, we, we started meeting back a lot earlier than other people did here in Texas even. And across our nation, there's still some churches not meeting together, which is, I think, sad. Um, but things appear to be changing a little bit. There's, there's a, if, if, if I could say it like this, there's a post-COVID spirit here in Texas. I don't know if it's other places, but I know it's here. And, and I think Christmas Eve was a good sign of that. I think the last several Sundays have been the sign of that. Uh, honestly, a couple years ago when we're going through all this and I'm doing the, the teaching on the TV and all those things taking place, and when we started back with just handfuls of people, I, I didn't know. You know, I, I, I've, I have had some real faith lessons the last couple of years. One, one faith lesson, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, during the COVID shutdown of that, uh, the, the people asked, Lee, how are we going to be able to pay our bills when nobody come to church? The budget was phenomenal in the giving during those COVID. I, can you answer that? I can't answer that. I've been asked, how do you explain that, that we received more money during the COVID thing than when at, at the time? I, I have no clue. Some people say, well, it's because electronic giving. Okay. It's because it is okay. But you still got to do those things, right? You got to either set it up for the automatic drafts or you got to, but whatever the reason is during that time, matter of fact, last year, when it comes to the budget process, now we haven't finished Christmas and we will. And, and if, you know, we're going to be open this next week to receive all those, la those, those bonus gifts and all those kind of things that happen and catching up and being sure that you have tithe this past year. So go look at your numbers and look at that and be sure you're faithful to Jesus. I'm not lording over you. I'm telling you, you need to be right with the Lord in that regard, your finances, right? There's a difference there. Okay. But we did so well during that time. Then we're doing fine now. And, and uh, we have done better financially with less people in the building, right? So, but I can't explain any of that, but I will tell you it's, it, it's, it's a blessing and it's wonderful. None of our mission work stopped. Now it stopped for us going and us individually being a part, but we, we, we kept all our uh, responsibilities going during uh, COVID time, which is a phenomenal thing. But here we are facing 2022, and I can't help but think, tickety-boo in 2022. Moving forward, what can we do? I'm just going to talk to you for a few moments here about Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Obviously, Sunday morning is not the only time we serve. There are other times. Matter of fact, there's opportunities all throughout the week. But for this morning, I want to talk to you about Sunday morning. How can we make the most of Jesus? How can we serve him like he deserves? How can we put our, our best foot forward, those kind of things? What do we need to do? Now, I, I'm seeing an uptrend in attendance, okay, post-COVID. Matter of fact, during the COVID days, when we started back, this would have been a huge crowd. And this is the day after Christmas, right? And so even today, I'm going, yeah, this, the evidence is there. The numbers show there's an uptick taking place after the COVID thing. So how do we capitalize it? And, and, and think of it this way. If, if an awakening were to happen, if a revival were to break out, if, 
if the Holy Spirit would begin to work in a way that we've never seen before or a way at least that we have a difficult time explaining. And that's always a good way to determine whether or not the Holy Spirit's at work. Can you give a definition to it? Can you give an explanation to it? Because when the Holy Spirit begins to work, and it, it, it's powerful and strengthful. It's the book of Acts and those kind of things. And, and the Holy Spirit just is calling people to himself, and it's beyond normal. We can't explain it. People can't talk about it. It just it's the of the Lord. And, and, and so let's say that that happens, okay? How can we put our best foot forward here? How can we meet the needs of the people that the Lord's going to send to us, Okay. Number one, be on time. Very simple. Very spiritual, but unspiritual at the same time. Be on time. We talk about that through the years. We have never been able to accomplish it. Uh, it is a difficult thing. You get a bunch of pastors from all over the country in one room and says, what's one of your biggest problems Sunday morning? Each and every one of us say, people being late. Be on time as a way to serve Jesus. Be on time. Be on time. Don't, don't allow a guest to be the first one to the Bible study class. You greet them when they walk in the, in, in the room. Don't, don't allow people uh, to beat you here to the church. Be on time. Serve Jesus by being on time. Now, if, if you're a bishop late everywhere you go, not on Sundays. Be late to work. Be late to school. Go ahead. Who cares? Be late to the football game. Do you never see a kickoff? All right, see the kickoff here. Be on time for church. It's serving Jesus. It's one way that you can be sure you're serving Jesus. I'm on time, by gosh. 9.30 is when the Bible study classes start. Be on time. 10.45 is when the worship service starts. Be on time. Okay? Okay. That's number one. That's, you can serve Jesus by being on time. Second thing, I, I want you to understand that there is a real imbalance between our parking lot and our size of our sanctuary. Now, the architect said you can sit 900 here. We ain't never done that. You got to sit really close to people to get 900 in here. But if you get five and 600 in here, it's, it's crowded. It was really crowded Christmas Eve. It was awesome to see that many people in the Lord's house again. So we got to do a couple things in order to help people make the transition. Now, what kind of people am I talking about make the transition? People that maybe the Lord's at work in, they have been to church, they're scared to death. They're not used to going to church. They're, wondering, they're new to our community. They're not quite sure about us, you know? How can we serve Jesus on Sunday morning? Two ways. Okay, park in the back, sit at the front. Park at the back, sit at the front. If you've ever wondered why I park way back there in the back, it's because I want other people to get the best parking places. That's the way I can serve. Well, that's really foolishly. I've been doing it all my life. That's what I do on Sunday morning. If you look at my little truck right now, it's back there by the vans. And if you come anytime, it's back there by the vans. I can walk fine. I don't have any kind of knee problems. If you do, then get, get a good spot so you can walk in here. I'm not saying that. Unless the Lord tells you not to, then you do what he said because I'm not lording over you. Park in the back. So if you park in this parking lot over there, park in the back. Park as far away as you can. 
and walk in here. Park in the back. Why? Because at 1030, when people start showing up, they can find a parking place easy. And you can park in the back and then sit in the front. We have five doors that open here for people to come in. Six with that over there nobody knows about. When, when people walk in, people are standing singing. That's the way we do it. You can't see a spot to sit from back there because everybody sits at the back first. Now, if you're at the back today, I am picking on you, right? Sit at the front. Start at the front and fill it up and go back. Now, if you need to have one of those real good cushiony chairs, we'll put them right up here for you. Okay? So, say that with me. Park at the back, sit at the front. Say that. That's a way to serve Jesus. When you pull up, park at the back, sit at the front. And so when people come to the place, they can find a place to park. And when they come in God's house, they can find a place to sit. Now, that means some of y'all are going to have to find a different seat. I know you sit in the same place every time. You get stuck in a rut, unstuck yourself. And starting next Sunday with probably not very many people here again, practice. Park at the back and sit at the front. Third thing, take your time in the extended session area. Change diapers for Jesus. Take your turn changing diapers for Jesus. Serve the Lord in the children's ministry. Serve the Lord in the nursery time. Serve the Lord there. Give yourself to that. Now, if you're, Susan's there today. She loves doing it. She's with old Ben over there. I'm sure they're having a riot over there. She loves doing that. She likes her time. She always tells me in the mornings that I'm not going to be in church today. I'm going to be with the kids. And wonderful. You know, the first lady of the church serves in the extended session. If you don't know what that means, you've never been to a black church. That's awesome. So you take your turn in there. Now, if you have problem dropping babies, don't sign up. But you can love on babies. All right. Work in the children's ministry and the youth ministry. Serve wherever the Lord tells you to do. Sing in the choir. That's something you can do. Serve with the uh, worship team. We're going we're gonna to try to build a choir up here and get that going. And, and, and Matt's really committed to that. Uh, people have said long ago, the reason why we don't have a choir is because Lee didn't want one. That is nothing further from the truth. The reason why we hadn't had a choir, we hadn't had anybody be able to do it. And we've tempted. Matt's new. Uh, he's, he's full of uh, can do, and that's wonderful. And he's willing to, he's made the commitment to start the choir. And I'm all for it, 100%. So help him. And you don't have to sing real good to do it. I don't sing real good, but I need to save my voice from allergies for the sermon. But you get in there and sing. Work in the coffee bar. Work as the welcome team. When you come to church, serve. Find you a spot wherever the Lord leads you. Teach, lead in the class. Be on time. Be on time. And, and let's see what the Lord does. So park at the back. Sit at the front. So let me leave you with this. Verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So when you come to church, that's to be your mindset. You are not coming here to be served. 
you are coming here to serve. When you come here on Sunday morning, you, the people of the Lord, you are not coming to be served. You are coming to serve. That'll change the outlook. So if you are coming to serve and, and, and not be served, you don't mind parking in the back, sitting at the front. You did it for Jesus. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Let that soak in. Hope you had a good Christmas. Remember, today's Boxer Day. Day after Christmas, a day for us to serve. What opportunities do you think the Lord's going to give you today? Lord, we pray, Father, that we will learn the lesson of, of James and John and their mom. We will learn the lesson of not being driven by our seat, that we are learning the lesson of if Jesus came not to be served but to serve, then that should be our mindset. That should be the heartbeat of our church. Help us, Lord Jesus, to serve. Change diapers. Work with the youth. Work with the children. Work with the adults. Work in any area here that makes people really welcome to come to church, to be accepted, to be to be dealt with and loved on, Lord. We just pray, Father, that you will just develop within us a spirit of servanthood. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.